People of Note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions. You're listening to Fine Music Radio, and this is Rodney Trudgeon welcoming you to this week's edition of People of Note. Now, you may know that the annual University of Cape Town Summer School is back, began Saturday the 13th and runs until Saturday the 27th. And it will be a celebratory moment for the university. Through the UCT Summer School, they celebrate 100 years of continuous lifelong learning. And before the UCT Summer School was established in 1950, an Extension Lectures Committee of the University Senate was formed in 1924 to formalize ad hoc lectures. And this committee organized fortnightly lectures by members of staff and other prominent experts. And then in 1949, a decision was made to expand the extramural work of the Extension Lectures Committee and the Center for Extramural Studies was found. Now, with me in the studio now is the director of the Center for Extramural Studies and also who is responsible for the summer school, Madei Rao. And Madei, welcome. It's good to have you here. Thank you, Rodney, and thank you for having me. It's quite a thing how long uh, actually the sort of ad hoc type lecturing has been yeah. going. It seems because clearly it's popular. It's extraordinary. I'm, I, th- I find it extraordinary that the university, which was founded in 1918, five years later, they had already started giving lectures to the public. Yeah. And what is quite interesting is nothing has changed. If you look at the, <laughs> if you look at what the criteria were at the time, is using university lecturers and people who are well known experts and in their field. That's what experts I'm in the yes. field, and that's exactly what we still do today. We mm-hmm. still have lots of university people, and then people who are from across the world who are experts in their field who come and talk to us. So it's a tradition of a hundred years, and 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 I think that is. Just wonderful that the university also has reached out to its public. And, you know, we are, people talk about extramural studies, and it really means outside the walls of the academy. Mm-hmm. So we reach outside the walls of the academy, and and to me that is just extraordinary. Because one does imagine the university be enclosed by walls. Any university, to get in, you need certain um, academic qualifications from school and all that. But this is literally opening it to the public That's absolutely and flinging the doors open. Absolutely, Rodney. And then we also say open to all. Mm-hmm. So you don't need a matric. You don't need any qualifications. All you need is interest and I always say curiosity. There's no exams. There's no pressure to perform. You come and you listen and you absorb knowledge. But am I right in saying, Madei, that it is very popular? I mean, many of the courses are sold out, aren't they? Yeah, there are. Some of them are sold out, and it is very popular. And we have people who come from across the world, and we literally have people who come from overseas for summer school, and then they stay on to and be to be ma- uh, guests of summer to school. To be guests not of summer lecturers. school. To be guests. We've got people who come to be guests, wow. um, and we have a couple who have been coming from Swaziland for years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, mean, I was talking to somebody the other day, and if I say people have been coming for years, people have been coming for 30 and 40 and 50 years. I spoke to somebody the other day who had been, who came the first time in 1950, and she's still coming. Wow. And I think that attests to the popularity of the program and the, and people say, this is the highlight of my year. Mm-hmm. I've heard that as well. Have many you? Times. Remember the days when Barry Smith and I did a couple of That's courses? That's right. You you were very popular. It was so it was such fun. And what we found, and I'm sure most of the lecturers find this, is that the audiences are so enthusiastic because they've chosen to come because that subject particularly interests them. That's absolutely. It's not as they're being blundered into work. Sorry. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And what I think is quite amusing, I suppose, is that some of the lecturers are actually scared of the audience. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, because, you know, but they, they, you know, they say it's very different to lecturing to undergraduate students or to post, well, to undergrad students. Um, but the lecturers actually really like talking to this audience because they're interested, they're there because they want to be there, they want to learn, they're curious, and they ask a lot of questions. So there's a lot of, at the end of lectures, there's often a lot of engagement, mm-hmm. which is very rich. Now, it's across the age spectrum, isn't it? You, it is you get people who could be at university but aren't, 
and you get older people there. You get you get both. Mm-hmm. You get both, and we don't have. You know, I would like to see a lot more younger people, but I think young people are busy. Um, the university students are on VAC, so a lot of them are away. So we tend not to have many. We've got a handful of university students who come, mm-hmm. um, but mostly the audience is older. Yeah. And and I think that's historical, and I think it's because people are retired. They can come in the day. They can come for two weeks and spend two weeks and spend the day there. And, of course, it, you know, there is a fee involved. Of course there is. Don't make it sound so sinister, but, of course, there's a fee. But there's a wide variety of subjects as well. I'm just going to mention some of them here. Sure. Obviously, the one that interests me, uh, literature, art, and music. But then you've got things like um Philosophy, politics, current affairs, history, and film seem to be very popular. Medicine, science, conservation and nature, information technology, architecture and the built environment, and then a whole lot of practical courses, languages, for example, for beginners, various languages for beginners. It's a wide spectrum. We try to make it as broad as possible to appeal to everybody. And we try and mimic and or represent the the disciplines at the university. So we've you know we've got the sciences, we've got the humanities, we've got the social sciences, um, and of course languages. Um, the university offers languages. I see you can learn as a beginner: Corsa, Spanish, German, Turkish, Italian, and intermediate Italian. So there's just about everything there. Absolutely, and these are all languages except for Turkish, which are taught at the university. So. Okay. Now, I want to go into a little bit of detail and find out more about some of the specific lectures which interest me. But um, one of the things, the rule here is you need to choose some music. And you've come up with a, you for an aria from La Boheme by Puccini. Is this a special opera for you? Is it, it, is, it is my most favorite opera. La Boheme. La Boheme is my most favorite opera. Well, we're going to hear arguably the most famous tenor aria from that opera, from Act One, sometimes um, translated as Your Tiny Hand is Frozen, Kejele de Manina, sung by Luciano Pavarotti.
Well, we have to admit it's a marvellous voice, don't you agree? Absolutely. His aria from Act One of La Boheme by Puccini. And my guest on People of Note this week is Midei Rao, who is the director of the Centre for Extramural Studies at UCT. And also, she is responsible for the summer school, which we're talking about and which has just opened yesterday at UCT. Um, I mentioned... Uh, Madea, that I wanted to talk about one or two things in specific. For example, in the music section, there's a Clara Schumann evening, isn't there, featuring the, her music? The focus will be on Clara Schumann's music. So there's two things to do with Schumann. We've got a series of lectures on Robert and Clara Schumann and their their music. And then when we have the concert at the Baxter, the focus will be on Clara Schumann's music. There will be some of Robert Schumann's music, but the focus will be on Clara Schumann's music. Now, this concert at the Baxter, is that part of the summer it's school? It's part of the summer school. We've got two pro- two concerts at the at the Baxter. One is the Robert and Clara Schumann concert, and which is on Wednesday the 24th. And then on Wednesday the 17th, we've got Jeremy Silver, who is the director of, of opera at UCT, he's got four of his senior students who will be singing various popular arias. Okay, and that's all part of the summer school. It's all school. part you of the summer school. As, you, as bo- you book for it school. through web tickets as you would for summer school. The other interesting thing is Elizabeth Handley, who I see has a series on Mozart, and she's yes. always popular. She is absolutely brilliant. She's a brilliant lecturer, and she she's very good at contextualizing um composers in their era and her lectures are interspersed with music so you hear quite a lot of the music um, whilst she's giving the lectures Mm -hmm. I am also (laughs) there are a few things that catch my eye here before we move on mathematics in the plays of Stoppard yes I mean that sounds quite intriguing isn't that arcane arcane is and and, (laughs) um, one of the lecturers has a degree in English and in mathematics and um, it's actually a father and son duo who are going to be the lecturers. And the father part of the duo is an expert in Tom Stoppard's plays. Gosh. So I think it's very arcane and wonderful. It does sound. And also you've got a, a, an Indian classical music Yes, lecture. yes. We've got somebody who's an expert in Indian classical music. Okay. Let's just, I mean, there's so many things here to um talk about but for example in the philosophy politics current affairs history that I think will intrigue a lot of people certainly at the moment but Metternich to Merkel the German identity that also I think will intrigue many people I think so and also this is one of our most popular lecturers Um, he is a historian and he will trace the history of Metternich through to, right, Germ- to through, through, right through to Merkel. So you get an overview of that whole period in in Germany and German and looking at Germany's rulers across a long time. The decades, as it were. The decades, absolutely. Um, and then I see her anti-Semitism in South Africa, a history that also should be intriguing in I think view it, of the current situation. Yes, I think the current. I mean, it's actually important. This was a latecomer to the program. Um, Professor Shane has Milton Shane has just published the third book in a trilogy on anti-Semitism in South Africa, and I thought, well, he approached me and said, "Can we do that?" And then we didn't know at the time that Gaza was going to become so big. Oh, right, um, right, and right. I think that it is an important topic. It's timeless. It's it's, it, it, it's just inadvertent that it became timeless, but yeah, it's an yeah. important topic. And the other thing that I'm just peering at here, 100 years of radio, what on earth is that all about? That is going to be, a lot of people will know Nancy Richards. Yes. A veteran broadcaster. A colleague of mine when I was at the SABC. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That was, yeah, no, she's been around in radio for a long time, and she's going to be talking about 100 years of radio, and she's going to put the focus on women in radio. Which of, she's absolutely the one to talk about because for so many years she worked on Women Today yes. uh, or Women's World, I forget which one it was called, yeah. with people like Marilyn Fastair and that sort of thing. So, And I think 
it's it's the anniversary, isn't it, of 100 years in, is, in South Africa? It's 100 radio. years of radio in South Africa, and hence the, the, the program. I think I might come to that. <laughs> but also, just looking at things like um, science, yes. which always interests people, the Earth's special place, uh, the Cedarberg rock paintings, asteroid collisions, which I'm sure we're very worried about, and also things like sharks, the perfect predators. So yeah. that's quite a, a nice array, again, of subjects there. Yeah, we try and have a spread. Um, and there again, you know, the sharks um, should be relevant to those of us who live near, near the coast. Absolutely. Um, the person who's giving the shark lectures is an absolute expert. He's written so many articles, so many books, done so many films. And he's actually an Italian who did his PhD or his master's degree on sharks in the Mediterranean. And I didn't even know till I read his biography that um, there are sharks in the Mediterranean. <laughs> I never thought about that. <laughs> Nor did I. Um, and um, great white sharks to boot. Right, in the Mediterranean. In the Mediterranean. Good so grief. so we will hear about sharks. And just one more thing before your next choice of music, as I'm just looking through here under the heading lectures. ESCOM, Power, Politics and the State. How about that? How, just how, election. how can we not have ESCOM? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But who who's doing that? It's somebody called Faiza Balim. And she is from Johannesburg. She's flying down to give the lecture. And she's just written a book on the topic. Okay. And we try and get people who who have written books. So, you know, quite often we have lecturers who have just produced a book. Mm -hmm. And we try and have up-to-date information. So she is going to give, obviously, hot off the press <laughs> information about, the press. about that which plagues us so badly. So badly. Okay. Um, let's have another piece of music. Handle. You've chosen some handle. And I was wondering what you're going to choose because there's so many things. There's the orchestral music, the organ music, but I believe you're not a fan of the organ. I'm not a fan of the organ, but Handel's orchestral music and his vocal music. Okay. So how about I see you've chosen Ombra Mai Fu from his opera Xerxes, which many people know as Handel's Largo, sung here by Ian Bostrich. Wonderful.
the aria Ombra Mai Fu from the opera Xerxes by Handel, as I said, often known in its sort of instrumental version as Handel's Largo. And it was a choice of my guest, Mede Rao, here on Fine Music Radio on People of Note. And Mede is director of the Centre for Extramural Studies at UCT and is also responsible for the summer school. And that's what we're talking about at the moment. And um, Mede, while that music was playing, we were talking over it, but... um, you spoke about a festival of learning, dining out, and you said there are all sorts of things that happen there. It's not just a case of coming, sitting down, packing your bag and going home. You can socialize quite a lot. No, absolutely. And what we have on offer are several different things. In fact, I can tell you about something that's new this year as well. So besides, so the lectures happen and with breaks in between where people can get a coffee, go and sit down, talk to people they know or people they haven't seen for the last year or new people, talk about the lectures, talk about what they're going to. Then we also have a free film program, which is curated to relate to the courses and the lectures on offer. And what's important about this film program is that many of the lectures are not available to the general public. So it's an unusual array of films that have been chosen by two volunteers without whom we would not have the film program and it's probably worth mentioning them um, because they are Rosemary Smythe and Tyrell Nicolay Um, they are absolute stalwarts they spend a lot of time putting this together timing it preparing the program and so when people are not at lectures they can go and watch films that either relate to the courses they've gone to or to something that just interests them. Mm-hmm. That they're and not you say those are free? They're absolutely free. My goodness. So okay. that's an adjunct that we've had for many, many years. Right. And the other thing that we have is we have bookshops who mm. sell for us. And this year, for the first time, we've formed a partnership with Exclusive Books. Um, they will be there. And we've got Clark's Bookshop, who specialize in, in Africa-related Um, books and then we always have two charity bookshops we've got help the rural child and we've got st luke's bookshop and so there are and again they try and curate books that relate to the programs and what we're actually doing this year as well is we want to make a contribution to some schools in underprivileged or disadvantaged areas which we're schools which where the kids don't have access to books. We're actually asking people to either bring or buy some of the children's books and put it in a box for us, and we will distribute those afterwards. So, you know, we do, outside of summer school proper, I run Saturday summer schools for some for for groups who are in programs that prepare them for university and I expose them to the topics that people get exposed to at summer school as in part also to show them what career options can be they mm. might fall in love with archaeology or with paleontology or would never have thought of this as a field so we the you know the summer school we also want to make a contribution to the greater community through two things this year making these books available to 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 these schools and we've also got for the first time somebody has organized NGO and NPO tables that relate to summer school so oh, that's interesting to, so, that's, so so we've got a yeah. variety every day there will be a t- an NGO mm-hmm. with a table that relates to a topic um, so that will be something that people can look at they can find out about um, what this particular NGO does. Um, an example for exa- is, is the Red Cross Radio will be there. You mentioned um, the 100 Years of Radio program. They will be there on the same day as that lecture, ah, okay, as an example. Okay. So there's a lot to do in between. And yes, it's an immersive experience by the sound of thing. As I said, it's not just getting there, going to the action, going home. Not at all. It's immersive. It's immensely sociable. And we're also throwing in a cocktail party on one evening, which is free. (laughs) And we are also throwing in scones and tea on one of the Saturdays. Um, So, And then we also have the UCT Distinguished Lecture this year, which is always preceded by a cocktail party. And that is done in collaboration with the Alumni Relations Department in our 
larger department. And what is that? Tell us about that. And that is going to be um, uh, Professor Salome Machwiwi, and she is going to be talking about the University of the Future, how she's in charge of this program of re-envisioning the university and what it's going to look like in the future. She herself is a gynecologist and a professor, um, but has taken on this project. And I think it will be very – it's a free – that is free. People just have to let us know that they want to come. When is that one? I'm that trying one to is on the final Saturday. So we end with a bang. We end <laughs> with that – with a cocktail party and then the lecture that follows that. Okay. Sorry, I'm paging through the book here. That, you'll have to page through <laughs> the book. That's right at the very beginning of the book. Okay. Um, uh, of all the contents, yes. Of all the content, it will say alumni distingu- distinguished alumni lecture. Okay, okay. Anyway, it's okay, but at least you've told us about it. Yes, so. and the other thing which I also haven't told you about is that we have some excursions. My goodness me, this is getting bigger and so bigger we're and going, more we're immersive. Going, we're going beyond the walls of the university. For example? So, for example, we have... On campus, we've got two campus tours, our emeritus registrar, who is an absolute font of knowledge, is going to be taking people around the middle campus and upper campus. And he's going to show them buildings and inside buildings and tell them about these particular buildings and their significance and important people and people related to the buildings. Um, so we've got, and on campus we also have tour of the new D school. People might have seen this new state-of-the-art building on the side of campus on Woolsack Drive. Mm, very, very um, smart. Yeah, I see it every day. Okay, <laughs> yes, as you yes. drive past it. Well, I s- was watching it being built and thought, what on earth are they doing? There we go. That is the D school, which is the design school. And so we, there are also two tours of this design school, which is also a green building. Mm-hmm. And these tours will show people the building and also tell them a little bit about the work that the D, a, D, a D school does. There are only three in the world, oh. one at Stanford, one in Germany, and one in South Africa. Um, and then we are going to Newlands Forest to learn how to identify trees. My goodness me. That will be appealing, I think, to a lot of people. It, it, I'm sure. And unfortunately, numbers are limited, but we will repeat it in when it's a bit cooler in March or April. Mm-hmm. And then the other course that we've got a lecture on body donation. Oh, my goodness. I saw that, but I decided not to ask you Well, we also have an excursion to the Department of Human Biology related to the course. Um, What do you learn on that course? You're going to learn about what happens to you when you donate your body to UCT or when you donate your body to science. Um, Do you need to have a strong stomach? I don't think so. Oh, it'll You're be not, done you, gently. If, if you were going to the anatomy museum, I would have said to you yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. But we're not going to the anatomy museum. We're just going to the Department of Human Biology where they will talk about. Is it a way of trying to encourage people to donate their bodies or organs well, after I, they've died? I'll tell you why, how this course came about. I actually, I've donated my body to UCT mm-hmm. and I could not for life or money find the form. So I eventually spoke to one of the professors who put me onto the right people. Then, so I know it's difficult to find your way around if this is something that you want to do and make it possible. Then I read an article last year. So a lot of the courses come about from me keeping my ear to the ground and my colleague doing the same. And I read that Stellenbosch University has a dearth of bodies. But UCT has has had a drop, but not nearly as badly as Stellenbosch University. So I thought, why not have a lecture to tell people that this is an option and then have, for those who might change their minds or might want to do that, have forms available. Um, So it's just a way of telling people about the fact that you can make a contribution to science. My goodness, that's that's amazing. That's well done, Madeleine. Okay, we need a bit of a break now. You need some cheerful music yeah. now. So I, you've asked for something by Mozart, and how about the overture to The Marriage of Figaro, that lovely comic opera of That will cheer us up after the bodies.
There you are, that sparkling overture by Mozart, The Marriage of Figaro with the London Symphony Orchestra, conducted by Sir George Schulte, and as you heard there, taken at quite a lick. And it was the choice of my guests on People of Note here on Fine Music Radio this week, Midday Rao. And we're talking about the summer school at UCT, which has just opened. And I, we've spoken a lot about what's been going on, but now I want to find out about you because you've been with the summer school for a very, very long time, assisting Tyrrell, I think, initially. But tell me a little bit about your background. Right. Well, I started life as a teacher. Ah, always a good way to start. As many people I know started, as did Tyrrell. And in fact, I met Tyrrell in my very first job when I was all of 22. As a teacher? As a teacher. We taught together at a college. And I very soon realized that I'm not going to spend my life teaching teenagers. (laughs) And it was the 80s, and I wanted to find a way of giving back because I felt privileged. And the university had just started an adult education diploma. So I went back to university part-time and I did the adult education diploma because I wanted to teach literacy. So for almost 20 years, with the odd break in between, I taught literacy. At the university or elsewhere? No, and in Langa at at what was then St. Francis and in church halls. Um, For the underprivileged? For people who couldn't read and write. And Mm -hmm. I taught at a factory and I taught at a nursing college. So whilst I was teaching, In the afternoons and evenings, I went and taught literacy. And then I left teaching to go and work at the what is now the Ezeko South African Museum, which was a wonderful grounding for the work that I do now, Mm -hmm. because there I was exposed to astronomy, paleontology, archaeology, African studies, just a range of topics. I was the liaison officer initially, and ended up there, my last job there was as the editor of the Scientific Journal. And when I was there, I took my literacy with me and I started a literacy program at the museum using the museum and various other museums and the observatory and so on. Um, I used that as my teaching material. Oh, gosh. So So you were really passionate about literacy, clearly. I was very passionate about literacy, yeah. Mm. yeah. And I even wrote a comic on rock art that was published by Juta in those days. So (laughs) my interest was in in producing materials for for literacy learning. And, you know, using the museum as, as the museum contents, the exhibitions, the art galleries exhibitions, the, astro- the observatory, it was just so rich using using that to teach literacy. So I became a literacy teacher and, and did that with a lot of energy. A plum. A plum <laughs> and energy, and I loved it. Um, and then I went, the job at the university was advertised, but at the time I had my the adult education diploma was actually in the Department of, Adu- of Extramural Studies and what was then an adult education. So I've had a long relationship with the Center of Extramural Studies. And at one stage in the 1990s, I was on their board. Um, and when I was at the museum, they shortened the summer school from three weeks to two weeks so that they could run a winter school program. And the museum and the university had a partnership. So I took over a week of the summer school, which then became a month-long summer school at at the museum. And then that also morphed into a winter school. Oh, so right. so those were much it was on a much smaller scale but mm. that ran while I was there and survived about 2 years after I left the museum and I was just incredibly lucky to get this job 20 years ago the one that you're the one working that with now. the extramural activities yes I, I've been there 20 years and I've loved every minute of it and you I mean it must have its t- tremendous challenges as well setting this up every year coordinating everything you obviously are a very patient person well i'm not sure that i'm patient but you've <laughs> got to be you've got to you've got to be you've got to have an eye for detail mm. because things do slip through yes um but do you have I, a large staff sorry our, our staff has shrunk we have gone from 12 to 5 over the years mm. that's quite um, a shrink it's a shrink um finance obviously is a problem mm-hmm. 
Um, so, but ironically, we still run the same program and our rest of the year programs has expanded. So it shows that with fewer people, you can still do more. Yeah, that's maybe true. maybe we just work harder, but yes, you know we run sure. programs throughout the year. But, you know, so often people say, "What do you do the rest of the year?" Well, we run short courses throughout the year, and we've also started now with excursions. So this past year, we've just had three excursions to the Cedarburg to look at rock art, mm. and we've had a paleontology excursion to go where people have the opportunity to go into the field. Members of the public. Members of the public had the opportunity to go into the field and look for fossils. My goodness gracious. Well, now, I'll stop there. Let's have another piece of music. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to run out of time. You've asked for an excerpt from the Stabat Mater by Pergolesi. Is it also a special work of yours? I also like with Mozart that you've chosen and like with La, La Bohème. I am a very great fan of, of Pergolesi.
an excerpt there from Pergolesi's Stab at Martyr. And once again, it was the choice of my guest on this week's edition of People of Note here on Fine Music Radio, Mede Raul, who is Director of Centre for Extramural Studies and also in charge of the summer school. One of the quick things, because we're running out of time as always, Mede, is and all the sort of, in looking at the contents, I see a number of lectures. Now, you said it called lectures. These are one-offs, you said. They're not courses. They are one-offs. So we've got courses that range between two days, three days, four days, and five days. So those are courses, but we have a lot of individual lectures, and that is to give people a wide range of choice. And the other thing that also is possible if you register for example for the art course art I know what I like on every day the lecturer deals with a different artist so you might decide I only want to come to the lecture on Picasso you can actually do that you don't have to sign up for the whole course and that leaves you free to make other choices so you can come to individual lectures even if it is a course now how does just let me go through the physics of how I'm sure that by now the courses are pretty well full. But how does one find out about all this? Well, you can go to if you've not heard of summer school. The easiest way to find us is to go to Google and to just say UCT Summer School 2024, and then you will have you can see our program online. You, the other thing you can do is you can pop into our office, which is in the cent, in the Cromer Law Building. Um, on middle campus and pop in and buy a brochure mm-hmm. we've got brochures available or you can you know, I think the best way is to just go to to Google and, and, find and, out and just say UCT there. Summer School 2024 Okay, now um, we were talking about the fact that the course is filling up nicely now, yes. it runs until the 27th of January but you were quite badly affected by COVID, weren't you? Yes. As indeed was everybody. Yes, COVID, COVID hit us quite hard. But an interesting thing happened during COVID. We had to pivot very smartly to online and we had to learn very smartly how to do things online. And we found that we, we lost a lot of our normal people because so much of summer school is the camaraderie, being there, being with people, being on campus, feeling a part of the university. As you community. said earlier, the immersive experience. The immersive experience and being, being at the university, being so mm. much a part of the university. Um, that's very important. But we found that we had a whole lot of new people and they were, and we can see from the statistics, they were younger people. So the gain from COVID was younger people who obviously prefer online and could do online and were obvious, you know, probably were working from home at the time. And then just when COVID was coming to an end, we had a hybrid summer school and we got back more of our regulars and now things are looking up and we, we're beginning to go back to look a semblance of what we were before. Mm-hmm. So... So um, a, a kind of um, cliched question, are things looking good for the summer things school? Things are looking very good, Okay, and that's very which I'm very thrilled about. I'm very, very happy. Yeah. Well, t- we, we're reaching the end of the program today, and earlier I said it was the 100th anniversary of teaching at UCT and also going outside the walls of the university. But apparently it's also the um, only summer school on the African continent. That's right. There is no other one. Yeah, it's it's also, um, as you say, regardless of education, qualifications or age or whatever, it's open to everyone. You can even go without any education at all if you want to go and learn something. All you need, as I said earlier, all you need is curiosity and a desire to learn new things. All right. Well, Mede, it's been lovely to talk to you and congratulations on all you've done and continue to do. I look forward to talking to you next year for next year's uh, summer school. But... You've asked as a goodbye piece something by Bach, but not organ music. Absolutely no organ. Okay, we're going to hear a movement from Bach's orchestral suite number one, some glorious orchestral music by Bach. And uh, while we listen to that, Mede, thank you very much. Thank you, Rodney.
People of Note on Fine Music Radio was proudly brought to you by Peter Turin Productions.